Hey there, and welcome to Wise Women. I'm your host, Andrea, mama, wife, book lover, coffee lover, and just your everyday woman who's seeking after Christ. Come along with me as we discover deep truths in God's Word, discuss common struggles among Christian women, and build a community to help hold one another accountable. If you're looking for a place to hear real, raw truth and honesty from Scripture, then this is definitely the place for you. So grab your Bible and journal, and maybe a pen, and join me as we dive into today's topic. Hey, wise women, and welcome back to another week on the podcast. I just want to take a moment and tell you thank you. Thank you for coming and tuning in every single week when I know that you all have such busy schedules, and it means the world to me that you listen to what God has put on my heart, and I just want to say thank you. Last week, I got really raw and really honest about some stuff that my husband and I have gone through in the last year, and while I think that personal testimonies and personal things that we go through are incredibly important, I want to make sure that everything on this podcast always points back to scripture. I will tie in my own personal stories every once in a while, but my main goal is to point you ladies to scripture and to always bring it back to that. So this week is going to be a lot more focused on scripture and a lot less focus on me, um, which is the way I think it should be. Have you ever been in a position and asked yourself, is this something I should or should not be doing? Today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and how permission does not always lead to something profitable. The main question we're going to be focusing on today is, how do we discern if something is profitable in building our home? The main scripture we're going to be looking at today is 1 Corinthians 10.23. And it says, All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not, all things edify not. Lawful means it's allowed by the law or you have permission to do something. Expedient is referring to something that is profitable. And here's the connection to our second episode about building our homes. The word edify here in this scripture actually means house buildeth. So to build a house. Basically, Paul is telling the church in this part of the letter to them, all things are allowed for me, but all things aren't profitable. All things are allowed for me, but all things won't build my house, my spiritual home. So I have some examples that I want to share with you of some things that I thought of that we have permission to do, but they're not necessarily profitable. I have permission to eat what I want. But if I sit and eat a whole package of Oreos, a bag of Doritos, and drink three sodas in one day, that's really not profitable for my body at all. I, it's, I'm not going to have energy. I'm going to be in a serious slump. 
my blood sugar and my cholesterol are probably going to go up and it's just not profitable for me. It's going to lead to a bad road in the end, especially if that's something I'm doing every single day. We can eat what we want, but that doesn't always mean what we're putting in our bodies is helpful and helping our bodies function at its fullest capacity. Here's another example. I could stay up until two in the morning every single night because that would be the only time I would have me time. That would be the only time I could focus on self-care and taking care of myself. Um, I have the permission to do that. But when I know that my kids wake up early in the morning, that choice is definitely not profiting my body because I'm going to be running on fumes and that not only isn't profitable for my body, but it's also not profitable for my children. And it's not profitable for my husband who lives, those people who inhabit my home with me because they're going to be getting the bare minimum of who I am. So do I have permission to do it? Absolutely. Should I do it? Probably not. Here's a popular one. You have full permission to watch what you'd like on TV. The most popular shows, the one that everybody's into. But is that show adding value or life to your walk with Christ? Is it something you'd allow your child to watch? If not, maybe you should reconsider watching it yourself. Brian and I have had the conversation several times in the last year as our daughter's getting to um, a more mature place in her life where she's recognizing a lot more things. And so we've had the conversation of, you know, is this acceptable for her to watch? Is it inappropriate? What, a, what aspects of this do we not like? Do we like? And so we've kind of come to the conclusion that if we won't let her watch it because it's not, it's not healthy for her, then we probably also don't need to be watching it. Because if it's going to hurt her innocence, then more than likely, even though, yes, Brian and I are adults, we don't need to be feeding whatever that is into ourselves. And so sometimes we just need to consider what we're watching and ask ourselves, is this something that's profitable to our family? Is this profitable to our home? You know, if I can remember a time in my life when I was like teenage stage where I was watching soap operas all the time in the summer. I know that sounds awful, but I would just found myself watching soap operas and reality TV and I found myself being so dramatic and just above and beyond. And finally, when I like cut that off, I think it was my mom who was like, okay, you've got to stop watching this TV. But once I cut that from my life, like I cut the source, then I could go back to who I was because I was feeding myself so much stuff that it just wasn't good for me. And so I think as adults that we have to ask ourselves the same thing, you know, is this profitable? Um, last example, and this is going to be the most controversial, and I'm sure some of you might tune me out here, but legally... Being over 21, you are given permission by the state or by the state law to be able to drink. But is it profitable for your body? And does doing so build your home? Here's what scripture says. Proverbs 20 verse 1. Wine is a mocker 
strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Basically, that's saying if you're deceived into thinking that you can do these things and not fall victim to the consequences that come with them, then you are deceived. You're not wise. That's what scripture's saying here. If we're going to be wise women who build our homes, we can't pick and choose which scripture we choose to live our lives by. This scripture, Proverbs 20 verse 1, is just as important as the ones that we post on social media, that we use on bumper stickers, and that we have plastered all over our lives. It's... (laughs) It's no less important than the ones that we use on our phone backgrounds or that we send to our friends to encourage them. This scripture, Proverbs 20 verse 1, is no less beneficial than the red letters that Jesus said in our Bible. All scripture is given for a purpose. How can we expect our children to grow up loving the word and believing that it's 100% true? If we are only living out the parts of scripture that make us happy and that are easy, we have to be the example that shows them that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That's 2 Timothy 3.16. I'll read it again. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. This is saying all scripture has a purpose. It is going to either be for doctrine, it's going to be for reproof, it's going to be for correcting you, or it's going to be for instructing you. But all scripture has a purpose. We cannot pick and choose what scripture we choose to live our lives by. We, we've got to make sure that we're taking the Bible 100% fully for what it is which is the word of God and the truth of God. Just because we have permission to do something doesn't mean it's healthy or profitable to our relationship with God. So the question becomes, how do we discern if something is profitable to the building of our home? Do we just live a life of rules and checklists? I did for a long time. For several years, I lived my life by a checklist. And... I was not close to God when I was living my life by a checklist because I was measuring how close I was with him against that checklist. And I was honestly just miserable because I was like, I kind of feel like there's nothing I can do in life because, you know, I'm just living by a bunch of rules. And so our lives don't have to be like that. Jesus came and died for us. So we didn't have to live a life upheld by law and rules. He gives us grace. And I'm so thankful that he does give us grace. And because of his grace, we don't have to live by checklist. We don't have to live by a daily task sheet of, did you do this? Did you do this? But we are not to use that grace that he gives us for an excuse to pick and choose our sins. That grace is not an excuse to just walk in sin every single day on purpose. There is sin that is unintentional and there is a purposeful, habitual sin that some of us tend to live in. 
So how do we discern? How do we figure out if something is profitable to the building of our homes? I want to read some scripture to you, and within this scripture, we're going to find our answer. John 14, 3 through 6 says, and this is Jesus speaking, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also, and whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So what's our answer? How do we discern if something is profitable for our home or not? Just walk with Jesus. Just walk with him. Thomas here is asking, how do we know the way? How do we, how do we know which way we go, Jesus? How are we supposed to know? And Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. All we have to do is follow him. And when we choose to follow him every single day, when we choose intentionally to have a walk with Christ each and every day, read his word, pray, spend intimate time with him, then those those laws, those rules, the checklist, we're going to overflow with love for him so much so that we have reverence and respect for him. We've talked about that in a previous episode of we'll have that reverence and respect that we want to do those things because we respect him. We want to show him that we respect him. And so there's so many things that I feel like a Christian faces in their daily life of, do I do this? Do I not do this? Is this acceptable? Is this not acceptable? Walk with Jesus and Jesus will make it known to you. The Holy Spirit will reveal it to you. The Holy Spirit was sent to us when Jesus ascended into heaven. It was sent into each believer when you accept Christ to help be your guide, to guide you in the right way to make known the things of Jesus, to give you wisdom. But we can't have those things unless we are intentionally walking with Christ every single day. I want to read another scripture, John 8, 31 through 32. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If we continue in his word, then we are considered his disciples, and the truth is going to be revealed to us, ladies. I can remember a time in my own life, just a couple years ago, when I was living my life by a checklist, and I was basically just promoting myself to be a better Christian than what I really was. I was doing the women's Bible studies and, you know, and I feel like I promoted myself to be this righteous person when in reality I was so far from God. But I, I of course, didn't want to show that. I didn't want to show that I was showing up to a ladies' Bible study and I hadn't picked up my Bible in three weeks. 
you know, I wanted to be self-righteous and I wanted to hide all my mistakes and my, my struggles. And so I lived by a checklist of, well, I went to the Bible study, showed up, you know, did the thing and I would proclaim myself to be reading and praying, but in reality that wasn't happening. And there were situations in my life where I can look back and I can trace the failure of myself. Um, I would bring situations to friends and I would explain the situation to them and be like, yeah, well, you know, I've been praying about it and I've been reading. So maybe the situation was something that lasted like a month, maybe two months, maybe three weeks. I don't know. And, you know, say that the situation lasted that long. Well, when I would tell my friend about it and I I would tell them, oh, well, you know, I've been trying to read and, you know, I've been praying about it. In reality, what I was saying was I've prayed about it maybe one time. I fell asleep while I was praying about it. And I kind of just looked for some quotes on Pinterest that kind of related to what I'm going through. And that's the most scripture I've gotten. And I'm just being real with you. That's kind of where I was in that season of my life. I was proclaiming myself to be a better Christian than what I was. Because I was scared to show my true self. And to a certain extent... I didn't know what a walk with Christ looked like. And so I was just going through the motions, hoping and praying that Jesus would show up at some point. And I'm not saying that he won't speak to you through one prayer. And I'm not saying that he won't meet you where you are because he will. But if you want to experience radical change in your walk with Christ, it has to be an intentional process an intentional habit that you put into place on on your end. Jesus is always going to uphold his end. But we have to make sure that we are being intentional about the things of... We have to make sure we're being intentional about habits that we're putting into place to grow closer to him if we want a radically changed relationship with him. And so I gave all those examples of we have permission but that doesn't mean it's profitable. And there's literally so many more examples that we could talk about. And I'm sure you probably have one in mind right now. I think it comes down to if we have to ask ourselves, is this right? It's probably not right. You know, I've been a teacher. I was a teacher. And so I can remember times where students would ask me questions like that. You know, can I do this? Well, if you have to ask me, you probably shouldn't be doing that. You know, if, if, you th- if there's a doubt in your mind that says it's not okay, then it's probably not acceptable. And I think that's true for adults as well. You know, if, if there's a shadow of doubt in your mind about is this okay, is this not okay, then it's probably just not okay to do. And I want to encourage you, At the end of the day, don't go to scripture looking for a reason to sin. So what I'm saying is, whatever the sin might be, whether it's um, drinking or um, a habitual sin, a sexual sin, whatever, fill in the blank. 
don't go looking to the Bible for one specific scripture and take it out of context and say that it gives you the right to sin because it doesn't. No, scripture will never do that. We have to make sure that we're reading scripture in the entirety for where, what it is and reading it in the context for what it is. So many scriptures, and I know I keep coming back to the alcohol one, but there are so many scriptures taken out of context that involve the alcohol um, topic. And it just, if you're in your Bible and you're reading every single day, Jesus and the Holy Spirit are going to reveal to you, they're going to reveal to you the path that you should take. Just like he spoke to Thomas and said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. He is all of those things for us, ladies. He is never going to let you down. He is never going to abandon you. He is not going to lead you down a path and then let go of your hand and say, well, figure it out on your own. Hope you have fun. That, that's not what Jesus does. Jesus isn't sitting up there. And this is something that has taken me an incredibly long time to realize but God is not sitting on his throne with a master checklist of things that we should and shouldn't be doing. And he's not sitting there checking, saying, okay, you did this right. Mm, you didn't do that right. I love you less today. For the longest time, that is the view that I had of Jesus. And that's just not who he is. His grace is sufficient for us, ladies. And he wants to walk on the path with us. All he wants is to be with you. All he longs for is a relationship with you. I just, I think about, and I know I reference this so frequently, but I think about my relationship with my children. All I want is a relationship with them. That's all I want from them. I want them to love me. That's all I ask of them is that they love me. That's all I want. And Jesus is no different. That's all he asks of us is for us to love him. And this is going to be an unpopular opinion, and I know that. But I feel like we live in such a society today where we just slap Christian on stuff. We slap a Christian label on it, and we say that that's good enough. And we say, well, Jesus loves me. And I know that, yep, his grace is sufficient for me. So it's okay that I'm, I'm struggling here and I can do this. Yes. And yes, Jesus does love you. And yes, his grace is sufficient. But we also have to remember, ladies, that God is a God of wrath. And he is a God of judgment at the end of it all. And He is good. He's a good, good father who wants nothing but good things for our lives and for us to mature and to know him on an intimate and deep level. And sometimes that takes peeling away pieces of ourselves, habits of ourselves, personality traits that we've claimed, you know, this is who I am. Sometimes it takes breaking those away, peeling back those layers, and allowing him to just overflow into our lives. Some things I think we as 
ladies, and I think in our society, we have just written off, well, that's just the way it is. God, you know, God will love me. That's just the way it is. Yes, God, God will love you. His love isn't going to change. But that doesn't have to be the way that it is. If we are intentionally seeking a walk with Christ, you're going to want to change. And Christ is going to change you. So I say all of this just to encourage you. With the holiday season coming up, I know a lot of us have time off and the next couple weeks are very busy with schedules and dinners and gift swaps and all the good things, but make sure that in the busyness of all of that, that you're making time for the one who loves you most and that you are choosing to set a time to just get alone and get intimate with him. He wants nothing more than for you to love him and to seek him. And I just hope that you have been able to, over the last few podcasts, I hope that you've been able to put some kind of habits into place to begin studying his word more. Because my desire for each of you ladies is for you to fall in love with Christ. That is my prayer for each and every one of you, is that you would love him wholeheartedly, as much as you love your spouse, as much as you love your children, as much as you love, you know, your best friend, whatever, plug it in, but love him so much more. But sometimes at the end of the day, when I take an evaluation of my day or, you know, where I am right at that moment. Sometimes I catch myself feeling so overwhelmed with love for my family. And I don't, and I'm not even given that same love to Jesus. The one who gave it all, the one who laid it all down for me. So I just want to encourage you, put those habits into place. Begin to make a change in your lifestyle so that you can have time for Jesus because that's all he wants of you. That's all he wants for you. Maybe you're listening and you're thinking, Andrea, I don't have a problem doing any of those things in my life. I feel no guilt about them. I want to challenge you today. Bring your lifestyle and your choices and your habits to the feet of Jesus and assess them according to the word. Pray and ask God to make it clear if any of the choices you are making in your life go against his word and ask him to help you change and help you to grow in your walk with him. Help him ask him to help you to mature in your walk with him. You know, when I look back over the last few years, I can see where I was such an immature Christian and I was just living off of milk. I was just drinking the bare minimum that I could to to squeeze by to say that I was a Christian. That's what I was doing. And it wasn't until I made a conscious effort and decision and a choice. Well, decision is a choice. (laughs) But it wasn't until I made that conscious decision 
to stop drinking the milk and pick up the meat and eat the meat that I grew closer to the Lord. And I'll be really honest with you. One of the things that I have always struggled with in my Christian walk, and especially like the last five or six years, is my music choice. Um, I have listened to contemporary worship for years, and I've listened to some country here and there, and I've listened to some good old 90s country here and there, and some pop, and you know, I'm just, I grew up very much a wide variety kind of gal. <laughs> I listened to it just about everything. Um, and in the last year, God has refined my heart and changed my heart to where when I listen to music, that's not, that's not uplifting to God. It hurts my soul. It hurts my spirit. And there's something inside of me. And I know it's the Holy Spirit that goes, "Mm, turn that off. Mm. is that what the Bible says? And that's how you know when you're walking closer to God is when daily choices that you used to make are no longer easy to make because the Holy Spirit begins to convict you and tell you, hey, this is wrong. Hey, this is wrong. Hey, this isn't the right thing. Hey, this goes against God. Hello, this goes against the worship of the Savior. And so that's just my own personal example that I wanted to share with you to let you know that you're not alone. And I hope that this podcast doesn't doesn't make you feel like I'm putting you down or shaming you for anything because I'm not. We're all human. We all fall short. That's what we're going to do. We're human. We are made to do that. But Like I've said, my purpose is to point you closer to Christ and to make you see the goodness of God and that there can be a better way through Christ. So um, I want to pray for you and then I have just a really short announcement. So Father God, I thank you so much for each woman who showed up here today and I thank you that they chose to listen to this podcast And God, I pray that you spoke to each woman exactly where they are and that you will meet them exactly where they are, whether it's in the middle of a sin, whether it's in the middle of a struggle, or maybe they're on the mountain and they are just in a great place, God. Meet them where they are. But God, I pray that you would refine them and that you would challenge their hearts to continue to grow wherever it is that they are. Help them to surrender parts of themselves to you and to assess their lifestyle with you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This will be the last podcast of the year. Um, We are going to start fresh the first Tuesday of the year of 2024. So I'm going to take a break off for Christmas and just kind of refocus and figure out um, where I want to go in the next year and just a direction. So Next week, we will not have a podcast, but first of the year, we will have one. Thank you again for each lady who has decided to tune in, and I hope you all have a very Merry Christmas and enjoy your new year with your family.